on this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. And that's why when you start seeing, you know, having short-term memory loss or you see short-term memory loss in people, it's a good sign that something's going on. I mean, it's, you know, early detection, early treatment is crucial. And so many people just want to think, well, he's just getting senile and Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. Please, if you see short-term memory loss, which is by far the most prevalent issue, that's, you know, it is, you know, time to look into it and try to get a diagnosis. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast, and my name is Todd Watley, and as always, we are very thankful that you are here, and when I say we, I am here with my co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey, well, Todd, how are you? I'm good. Man, I sound a little different, maybe, feel a little different, (laughs) have a little bit of uh, seasonal drainage stuff going on, but always, always happy to bring another fresh episode of the Answers on Aging podcast just for you today. Yeah, and I am back from a conference, uh, thankfully, with COVID not over, but it's not affecting everything like it has been for the past quite some time. I got to go to an in-person conference this last weekend, and One of our speakers was a physician from the Kansas University Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. It's one of 32 facilities across the country that are recognized by the CDC as doing research. And his name was Jeffrey M. Burns and really good speaker and taught me some things. You know, I always stay up to date on Alzheimer's and it is you know, one of those things that we see a lot of folks with it, and it plays into a whole lot of families and a whole lot of our planning and situations. And so it is something that I try to stay up to date with. And I wanted to share some of the newest things that I learned about it with our listeners. Yeah, so I'm sure you've, if you've ever um, listened to any of our episodes, you know that um we work directly with a lot of seniors and their caregivers, and it's so common for people to kind of use the word Alzheimer's and dementia interchangeably. Yep. So um, we did an episode not too long ago about kind of how to understand the differences, and mm-hmm. basically dementia is the overarching category or or disease and then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different types of dementia so alzheimer's is the most prevalent 
And there are um, actually about 60% of all the dementia cases um, are Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's a huge percentage. Yeah, so it's easy, you know, to understand why people use dementia and Alzheimer's interchangeably. Um, But just a little breakdown. So vascular dementia um, has, there's about 15% of dementia cases of vascular dementia. And then 15% of dementias are dementia with Lewy bodies. Mm -hmm. And then we've got dementia of the Parkinson's type, (coughs) which makes up about 5%. And then frontotemporal dementia is another 5%. So it's, you know, Alzheimer's is running rampant through our old folks. Yeah. All the other ones combined still do not equal what Alzheimer's has. I mean, it's still, you know, what, 50, I don't know, I can't do math, a third. It's a third less than than Alzheimer's. And, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. And then, you know, to for the age group, 65 and above, one in 10 people have dementia. Mm-hmm. And 85 and above, it's one in three. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> We're both kind of under the weather today. But yeah, so if you make it to 85, you have a one in three chance of having dementia. And that's, you know, that's just kind of a, a scary number. But um, I do want to talk about there are some exciting things coming up that I hope will address that. And so just a little bit of um, history here. So it's the part of your brain that's called the hippocampus is a very small part of your brain. It's just two little nodules at the very base of your brain. And that's what um, takes things that are happening and throws it into short-term memory. And it's the hippocampus that is affected by Alzheimer's particularly. I mean, the rest of the brain gets it, but that's the beginning stages. For some reason, it attacks there. And that's why when you start seeing, you know, having short-term memory loss or you see short-term memory loss in people, it's a good sign that something's going on. I mean, it's, you know, early detection, early treatment is crucial. And so many people just want to think, well, he's just getting senile and Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. Please, if you see short-term memory loss, which is by far the most prevalent issue, that's, you know, it is, you know, time to look into it and try to get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the Kansas University Alzheimer's Disease Research Center um, works really hard to try to find a cure, Mm -hmm. try to learn as much about this disease that we don't already know. And it seems like there have been, you know, new discoveries of a year or so ago. There was a new drug that was pretty controversial so um, there's a lot of progress being made, mm-hmm. but still, we got a way to go. Yeah, and this guy said, you know, and I will say real quick, there there is a blood test that is in the works, and he used the word, it is in reach, okay? So they are able to diagnose it now in a living person, but it's a $13,000 test. Jeez. What they do is they inject a radioactive um, dye. 
die, but I'm thinking it, and it attaches to the plaque in the mm-hmm. brain, and then they can do a PET scan, and they can see where this dye is, and it'll show that's where the plaque is. And plaque seems to be the problem, but then it also kind of seems not to be the problem. It's when you hear of, of Alzheimer's, you will hear of this thing called plaque and tangles. Mm-hmm. Plaque is just accumulation, you know, it, it just kind of looks like someone smudged charcoal or, or something on the brain. But then the tangles are specific neurons that have this black stuff called tau in them, and that's what kills the nerves. And so there's plaque and then there's tangles. And this guy seemed to think the plaque seems to be, they're not sure if it's the smoke or the fire, but this new drug that they did, they were, you know, they were able to create this drug that's a antibody that will go in and pull the plaque from the brain. I mean, they've seen significant reduction in plaque in the brain, but the problem is the people don't stop getting worse. Right. So he's like, I'm not even sure if it's the plaque that's the problem. It's the tangles. Mm -hmm. But you don't see tangles until you see plaque. And so they're still trying to figure out what that connection is. But that the new drug is called Aduhelm. And it's very expensive. And there was a lot of controversy because they did not want the FDA. some, Some people did not want the FDA to approve it. But they did, and it's very expensive, and it's costing Medicare a whole lot of money for not much benefit. Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of anti this drug because he said it's just not making people better, and we're spending this money. But anyway, he said the the best diagnosis at this point is a careful history and physical and mental status examination by a physician with knowledge of and interest in dementia. I think that's a really important point to make because you're just run-of-the-mill family practitioner who sees babies and then teenagers and adults. It's probably not going to be the best doctor when it comes to diagnosing you or your loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's. And so um, getting that specialized physician who has a very well special interest in this diagnosis and in this um, disease process is going to be key to the most accurate prognosis treatment diagnosis and help yeah i mean he yes he was very adamant it's the knowledge of and interest in dementia that Mm -hmm. really helps this person be able so there is a blood test that is coming and the reason for that is once you can diagnose it once you know it's there there are things you can do now some people may not want to take the test because they know that there is no cure yet and so therefore why get the test saying yes i'm going to have it that will mess up a whole lot of things it could mess up life insurance health insurance i mean it's particularly if you're younger so you know it's one of those controversial things but he said we think we are coming up with a blood test that will be here soon and if people take it we can then start treating them sooner and the current regimen of drugs he still said that you know the the drugs in use right now do help slow down Mm -hmm 
the progression. And so if we can find this earlier, we can hopefully start that earlier. So All right. in the meantime. So in the meantime. Best thing. For those of us who don't yet have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Prevention is key. Okay. He, he posted a statistic that said, if you can just postpone the memory changes from dementia for five years, it, if we can just push it out five more years, that will decrease the incidence of dementia by 50%. That's crazy. Yeah. And so five years makes a huge difference. And so he, one of our people in the the conference said, okay, doctor, so what do you do? (laughs) Okay. Uh You study this all day long. You're obviously concerned about it. What do you do to prevent this? And he said the two biggest things to do for prevention are pretty simple. Uh Diet and exercise. Uh He said the Mediterranean diet seems to be showing that it is the most um, helpful diet that is um, very low in sugar. Mm-hmm. Basically, refined start, no refined starches, sugars, things like that. The Mediterranean diet, meats and vegetables and oils seem to help um, prevent the onset of dementia. And then he said exercise and not intense exercise. He said, just simply increasing your heart rate and your breathing. He said the, the perfect exercise would be where you broke a, a small sweat. If you get out there and just walk or do things or just whatever that you do to help increase your breathing, increase your heart rate and break up sweat that is good to help increase the blood flow to your brain, keep things moving. And those two things together seem to be showing in clinical studies, seem to be showing a significant improvement in the um, onset of dementia. Yeah. So in the meantime, while they're still working on a cure, doing all the research they can to help prevent this disease from taking so many lives and being so expensive and so daunting, just eat right and get to moving. Yeah. I mean, you can Google the Mediterranean diet and it, you know, there's a bazillion of them out there, but I think it, you know, basically he said sugar and, and he, he admitted, he said, I'm not the best at this. He Mm -hmm. said, I, I love my meat and my, bread and sweets, he said, but I do my best to cut those as low as possible. But the research does show this is what helps. Awesome. Great stuff. All right. Bringing that back from your convention. You're welcome. So hopefully that'll answer some questions, get you up to date on Alzheimer's and maybe make a difference in your life. And, and as always, we thank you for listening and please share this with folks and please join us next week. Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, 
Check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family. 